origin story is I love food. That's my superpower. We never would have thought about applying for SNAP. Mm -hmm. We never would have mm -hmm. considered it. I just like, boom, you but blow it, my mind away. It's like, oh, yeah. The attention that we received from being a part of the incubator is unbelievable. It just is. I mean, words can't describe what it's done for us and probably the rest of the people that were involved in it. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Vitalist Spark. I'm your host, John Ford. Thanks for joining us as we peel back the layers of a new effort here in Arizona that we call the Live Well Arizona Incubator. Vitalist has spent two plus years so far talking about the elements of a healthy community and four goals for change, as well as curating resources at livewellaz.org. In 2018, we collaborated with the Arizona Partnership for Healthy Communities to establish the Live Well Arizona Incubator to take things to a new level specifically to help facilitate creation of more place-based, cross-sector collaborations focused on community health and well-being. In a nutshell, the idea was to identify early-stage, cross-sector community health projects and provide technical assistance over time, using a series of full cohort face-to-face -face meetings, but also by providing a facilitator slash coach slash consultant for about 10 months to help each project develop its new collaboratives and also to produce a solid strategy and work plan going forward. So how's it going so far? That's what this second of four Vitalist Spark podcast episodes will explore as we hit the halfway mark for the first incubator cohort. Today, we're tackling the experience and progress of coffee pot farms on the Navajo Nation. So get ready because we're about to reflect on and delve into what makes the incubator tick and discover what it takes to make policy, practice, and systems change in order to improve community health and well-being. And like always, It'll all happen in about the space of your daily commute. So let's get to it. Listen in as we sit down with Cheryl and Yazzie and Michael Hester, the husband and wife team representing Coffee Pot Farms. It's time to learn about Coffee Pot's growth and the incubator's impact. Let's start at the beginning. What is Coffee Pot Farms? How'd you start out? What's the origin story? You know, we're all into superhero movies with origin stories. What's your origin story? My origin story is I love food. That's my superpower. I've been in public health and I was a program manager with Navajo County and doing nutrition service programs, prevention programs for kindergarten to eighth grade students. I did grant work for about 12 years, but then some of the work that I had seen, it didn't feel like it was really connecting to people, like the real people, the moms that needed the help. So Coffee Pot is on the Tisto chapter of the Navajo Nation. Geographically, where does that sit in the state of Arizona? That's about 85 to 90 miles east of Flagstaff, or 20 minutes north of Winslow. Sherilyn, mm -hmm. put it in a nutshell for us. What is Coffee Pot Farms and what's your mission? And our mission is that food is our first medicine and we want healthy communities and healthy families. Michael, um, what's your origin story? I used to work for a very large employer here in Phoenix, and then went our separate ways okay. once I moved up to Flagstaff, and so I was kind of dragged into the farming lifestyle <laughs> um, by my wife here. I'm not your typical farmer. I don't like vegetables. I don't like getting my hands dirty, but <laughs> what? I think I'm a heck of a farmer now. So, so what, what created the transformation? He ate beets for the first time. Just 
No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I noticed that living out there where we live, there's a real need for access to good quality food, but the supply is not there. So we decided to make a change in order to help the community in which we live. And what better way to do that than something that's connected with food? Now, this can be a pretty lonely enterprise, too. Is it Sherilyn and Artie and Michael trying to help the chapter? How is the community engaged? In what ways do you work with the community to get support, to make sure that the produce is getting out to the rest of the chapter? Even though there's just the three of us outside the community, there are other farmers, other growers. One of the other projects we're working on right now is the green team. So there's a group of farmers that we're trying to come together and figure out how can we grow more food? How do we take the next step to either become a co-op or individual businesses? Some of them have been growing a little bit longer than we have. Others are new. But the idea is how can we work together and the goal is to help each other, help each other grow food. So either you know, looking for additional funding, maybe helping each other build hoop houses or building more lasagna beds or fence work or however we all need help. What's the conversation within the Navajo Nation or at Coffee Pot Farms or within the Green Team related to food sovereignty? Oh, it's pretty big. There's a lot of discussion about like how do we grow for our schools? How do we grow for senior centers or for elders? How do we grow for restaurants? To me, the way I see it, the farmer support is just not there in terms of how do you turn it into a business? Because land is usually the issue, water is the issue. So if you don't have that, it's really hard to grow. So some of us, again, we have just these small areas that we can grow near home, so we kind of just use that. But I know you would have to do a lot of bio-intensive type of gardening just to you know, produce a lot of food. So that's kind of what we're working with right now. Michael, what's the business side of this? What's the future of it? Yes. What's the current state well, of it? Well, both. The current state of it is with any business, it's very difficult to get it going and to make it profitable on the reservation because mm-hmm. there's a lot of regulations that are handed down from the Navajo Nation government, which restricts businesses. The future, what we plan to do is to bring food sovereignty to the forefront and let people know that this is a must need. Food sovereignty has to happen in order for people to be healthier and it also will provide income as far as businesses. So what we're planning to do is to grow this business but also feed families that normally would not have the option to purchase foods like this. A lot of the families out there are relegated to buying their food from the local convenience store and God knows that's not a very healthy option. The health issues associated with that are great. I mean there's high levels of chronic disease, diabetes, heart issues. It's endless. Sherilyn? Talk a little bit about what you've been doing so far with the incubator and your coach. Our coach, Adrienne Yodarby, has worked with us to look at logos. We kind of worked with her on how do we create a logo that people will recognize us and say, ooh, that's where I want to go. Which, by the way, it looks great. Yeah, we're really happy with it. (laughs) (laughs) 
The other thing we're working on is showing her what our business plan is and helping her to work with us and say, okay, this is how you do something, you know, how you would write it, how you expand it. And then the other thing I we're working with her is on how do we go after additional funding. So for example, with the green team, if we decide to go a co-op route, how can we apply for funding to try to get us possibly like a mobile van or a mobile truck? Before you became involved in the incubator, would you say that your plan and your goals were not ambitious enough, too ambitious, or just right? I don't think they were ambitious enough. I was thinking too small. Because <laughs> I always thought you had to be connected with a county government or a federal or tribal government to go after funds like this. I mean, I wasn't thinking outside the box. And I guess that's where coming from public health, I mean, I did write grants, but it was just in that box. I wasn't seeing that there was a potential that you can figure out how to work with the folks you want to in another way. So with Adrian, it was, I, I liked working with her because I've worked with her before with public health. And so I knew she's a go-getter. She's like, I'm going to do this. And that's why we chose her as the coach. It helped me to be ambitious about it. So it doesn't seem like it's hard to look at an application or funding and say, you think we can do this? It's like, no, let's just try it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I feel really comfortable working with her. What about you, Michael, in terms of the experience of the incubator so far? What do you think are some of the things that have been helpful to Coffee Pot Farms, and how has it shaped your journey differently than you might have thought? Adrian is there to provide that technical assistance, which has been very, very helpful. Some of the things I knew from personal experience dealing with small business, because I was part of a small family business, I had some knowledge, but she expanded on that knowledge and provided more knowledge. So she's been very helpful in that. What are you getting from the incubator? Is it purely food, or is it deeper, broader, strategic thinking about where you're going? Yeah, I think it's more strategic as far as business strategy. I think Plus, you're getting food expertise in the mix, right? Yeah. We never would have thought about applying for SNAP to be a SNAP breather. Mm-hmm. We never would have mm-hmm. considered it. I just like, boom, you but blow it, my mind away. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it made perfect sense considering where we live. So it was a wonderful idea that she made us aware of. She's very business savvy, and she's really opened our eyes as to what's possible in the future. How does business savvy square up with tribal culture? Would it be considered more tribally appropriate if you just grew the food and shared it rather than selling it? Yes. Mm-hmm. How are you bridging that? That's tough. Mm-hmm. Because where we are at, most people barter or trade for things, trade things for services. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about money, people tend to shut down. They don't want to talk about it. We try to educate people. Hey, the future is we have to make money. We have to be business savvy. We -hmm. have to start a business. We have to bring in revenue. And by doing so, we create jobs. We start our own little economy here. And that's not going to happen just by trading the sheep for some produce. And I suppose that's where a green team is helpful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the people on the green team all have a need. What that need is, we try to address that need. So if somebody needs fence work repair, we'll go over there and fix that fencing for them. And along with that, they'll get business training. They'll learn how to write a business plan, come up with a logo. So that's part of the green team. That's part of what we're trying to do. We're trying to teach people how to start a business and address some of their needs. 
So when they have this business knowledge and their needs are addressed, then they're more likely to be part of the co-op further on down the road as producers. Is getting SNAP authorization the biggest thing that's happened to you since the incubator? Becoming SNAP authorized is a big deal, but the attention that Coffee Pot Farms has received from being a part of the incubator is a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because that leads into this article that was written with us in mind, the Civil Eats article about food sovereignty. We had no idea that that was even coming. That was a total surprise to us. We were up in Wisconsin when we got a phone call saying that this person wanted to do an article about us. It's the attention that we're getting that has been most beneficial to us. I think it also has set us up to also open up that we're SNAP vendors, we can bring on the green team members. We could help sell their produce using SNAP and the double up food bucks. That's going to be very beneficial, and I don't think anybody on Navajo Nation has that. We're the only ones. As far as we know, we're the only farm up there that is able to receive SNAP benefits. We can also accept those benefits on behalf of other farmers as well. So the possibilities are endless. If you had to put your thumb on it and you can't say SNAP and you can't say attention, what (laughs) other huge benefit have you seen in the last five months from being part of the incubator? I see business differently. I see that it's possible to do this on Navajo. So that's been very helpful. Before, I kind of was like, this is hard. And I guess the way I was thinking about it is working with the tribe. But um, there's many barriers there in working with the tribe. So I felt like I went around it. I think we're more organized as a business. I really do. Before, we were a little bit scatterbrained, and we're shooting off in all these directions, and now we're focused on one thing. Pulling out your crystal ball over the next five months of incubator engagement with Adrian, what do you see? And what do you want and what do you hope for over the next five months? What I want to do is to figure out how do we apply for a mobile food truck that would have your refrigerator, your wash stations. The idea behind that is that we have our green team. We can go to their sites and help them pick produce when it's ready, clean it there, and then store it and then be able to take it to the different farmer's market in the summer. Michael, what about you? What do you want to see? He's going to grow... 7,000 starts. <laughs> just kidding. 7,000? She just threw the gauntlet down. She tends to do that. Um, I don't know if this is five months down the road, but eventually I want to get away from going out and finding sources of funding. I don't want to be beholden to grant writers. I want to go out and I want to be able to make a living and do what I want to do and have the business be successful. It's so our, you want a path to sustainability in the next five months? Yeah. At least at least a plan, right? Is that too much to ask? <laughs> I don't know. Let's call Adrian. But I just want to continue making progress. I don't want to stay static. I want to continue progressing and building the farm, teaching other people how to do the same thing. That's what I want. Three years from now, five years from now, you pick, or both. What does Coffee Pot Farms look like? And what does the green team look like? And what does food sovereignty look like on the Navajo Nation? Five years down the road, I want the next people who come into this incubator to see us as a success story of what the incubator can do. I want them to say, look at those guys over there. Look at what they did. 
with the limited amount of resources they had, look at what they were able to accomplish. Sherilyn, three, five years, coffee pot, green team, food sovereignty. With the green team, I would like us to have come up with a game plan of how to be a co-op. How do we work together? And I want to be able to see that we provide local food and we're helping our communities and we're teaching people how to grow. For coffee pot farms, I see us growing a lot of food. Um, we're growing in our cornfield, the one that Michael talked about, the 45 acres. We figured out a way to plant more food in that spot. And that was uh, my paternal grandpa. He fenced it off and I want to figure out how do we get water to that site and how do we work on the soil there so that way it's continuing to grow. So out of that we're growing our food. So that's what I want to see in the five years. Well the work you're doing deserves to be known. The yeah the attention that we received from being a part of the incubator is unbelievable. It just is. I mean words can't describe what it's done for us and probably the rest of the people that were involved in it. Thank you, Sherilyn, and thank you, Michael. Your seed starts, hoop houses, passive solar greenhouse, and cultivation of the green team are all exciting contributions to food sovereignty, as well as to the health and well-being of the Navajo Nation. Stay tuned, we are only halfway through. Two more episodes are headed your way in April, and each one provides a unique take on the incubator, on its community, and what it takes to improve community health and well-being via cross-sector collaboration. To make sure you get each episode when it's released, be sure to reach into your podcast app right now and subscribe to The Vitalist Spark. As always, remember this. With great responsibility comes great power. We'll see you back on the road to well-being soon. Mm-hmm.